What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Halftime Snacks podcast. This show features short interviews that you can listen during the halftime of your favorite sports events. Every Tuesday, I host fun conversations with talented people in the sports industry, where we'll learn from their stories, knowledge, and experiences. So go grab your favorite snack and come snack with us. Are you ready? Let's go. All right, everyone, joining us today is a former guest of the Halftime Snacks. He was here on 2019, and I'm so excited to be able to host him again. Author of the three-win sponsorship, social entrepreneur, sports marketing professional. He founded and owns Third Win Group, which now became a talent agency in the whole space uh, of talents, not only in sports, music, and entertainment, which want to create a positive impact in the world and in society ladies and gentlemen john balcom john what's up man welcome back to the halftime snacks running it's always great to be with you man it's it's an honor to be a, a recurring guest here on uh, halftime snacks good good to see you man i'm super excited and of course i want to jump into everything that has happened since we last spoke but what if what about you you just first go ahead and tell us um what has changed really what 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 has changed from the last time we spoke i remember you were talking a lot about your book uh, and you were coming up with third wing group so uh what has changed share with us what what has gone on yeah well thanks ronan and a lot has changed you know I, of course in the last two years you know so much has changed in society but the same the same goes for you know on the individual level and with our business so when we first spoke ronan The book, 3-1 Sponsorship, that we published, uh, that I published in December 2019 was just coming out. And back then, my impression was I was going to take the book and kind of move in the direction of thought leadership and kind of selling my ideas, right? That was my thought around Third One Group. Let's take the thesis of the book and let's turn it into a kind of a consulting firm for the sports entertainment industry. That, that all changed over the summer of 2020. <clears throat> and where we're at now is that we're actually more of a talent agency now. And the reason we went that direction is because I met an amazing professional athlete named Jeremy Casebeer, uh, who is a professional beach volleyball player, but who's also an environmental advocate and someone who's very passionate about sustainability. And he really bought into the concepts behind three-win sponsorship and integrating causes and, and personal values into his sponsorships. And we just decided to work together. And from there, you know, we, we tried to help Jeremy on his journey to align his mission with his brand partnerships, with his partnerships with nonprofits, so that he has a really compelling you know, story as a beach volleyball player, but also as an individual <clears throat> that's all around sustainability and climate solutions and environmentalism. And so that was kind of the jumping off point is when, once we started working with Jeremy, we said, why don't we really just focus on talent? Why don't we apply these ideas that we had to a business around representing the most uh, impactful athletes, artists, creators, That we can, that we can uh, that we can meet and we can have access to. So where we're at today, Ronan, is that we're calling Third Wind Group a uh, a purpose-driven agency, really. And so what we're what we're saying now is, 
third one group, we also go by TWG, is it's an independent agency serving athletes, artists, and creators who are on a mission to serve others and protect the planet. And we are on a mission, really, we want to build one of the most impactful businesses in the sports and entertainment industry and be the go-to agency for the modern day activist, athlete, artist, creator. So that's, that's where we're at now. That's, that's awesome. I, I don't know if you guys, you, John, for sure read it, but if you guys haven't, I wrote a, an article uh, on my newsletter just last week about purpose-driven marketing and uh, touched a lot about how um, 2020 and 2021 were big, big, big years on, on purpose-driven marketing. We've seen the trend growing and growing each year more and more. 2022 for sure is going to be uh, another big year for for uh, purpose-driven activations. Um, but I wonder if there's maybe a couple of examples uh, or activations, Sean, that you can think about from 2021, uh, either from your clients or from outside the in the sports world or even in the entertainment industry or music that resonate the most with you that you want to share with us maybe today? Sure. So why don't I give you one example from uh, in-house from TWG and one example from outside of our organization that I really like. And, and more generally, Ronan, we're seeing lots and lots of brands and lots and lots of athletes or artists in general going in this direction. Even if you just turn on your TV on any given Saturday or Sunday and you're watching sports, you'll notice the purpose of these advertisements and the overall message of these advertisements in general are shifting more towards purpose-driven and cause-related. Cause But within TWG, we had a, a number of great partnerships that demonstrate this win-win-win mindset, right? Like, let's use this marketing message as a means to kind of inspire people to do good, inspire people to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Uh, with Jeremy Casper, I mentioned him as one of our primary clients at TWG. He is really passionate about the environment. You know, how can we you know, take action to promote climate solutions, right? That's, that's really what he's all about and his personal mission. Fortunately, we were able to connect him up with a beachwear company called Fair Harbor. And Fair Harbor has a very similar mission. And what they've done is they've created really attractive kind of classic um, beachwear pieces, whether it be trunks, whether it be shirts, whether it be you know, any number of different products. Um, and they make them primarily from recycled ocean plastic waste. So I don't need to go into too much detail on that. There's a lot of ocean plastic that is polluting our oceans and making all kinds of different uh, <laughs> overall issues uh, with, with our environment and our climate. This company decided let's, you know, remove, you know, let's, be a part of the solution here. Let's remove the ocean plastic waste and let's turn it into something useful and something beautiful. So with Jeremy, we were able to team him up with Fair Harbor and make him uh, their first athlete uh, endorser at Fair, in Fair Harbor history. Um, and really we were able to craft the narrative around, you know, look, let's, let's be a part of the solution here. Let's protect our oceans. Let's save our beaches. And like, look, just by simply partnering with Fair Harbor and buying their products, like we can in some small way be a part of the solution. So that to me was a great example of like, there's a clear line between Jeremy's story, Fair Harbor story, and kind of like 
how we want to engage both of their audiences. Um, and it's towards, you know, let's, let's do something about this ocean plastic problem. On the other hand, look, you know, there's been a lot. And one that comes to mind was, was more so from 2020 as opposed to 2021. And the, the main thing was, it was uh, Patrick Mahomes and Adidas um, really looking to make a bold statement around the Black Lives Matter movement, right? As you, as you recall, running in 2022 in the U.S. here was an extremely tumultuous time on the back of the George Floyd murder at the hands of police. And over the summer, you know, a lot of people kind of started to try and reckon with the racial injustice and racist history of the country. And in the past, a lot of athletes and brands as big as Adidas might not have touched this, right? Michael Jordan famously said, you know, Republicans buy sneakers too, right? However, uh, Adidas in a really big like hero style advertisement that was, you know, on national TV, uh, they teamed up with Patrick Mahomes, one of the biggest stars in the NFL, someone who's, uh, you know, extremely recognizable face. And they made a bold statement around, you know, we need to do better. Like we need to address the racial inequities in this country. And, you know, Adidas is behind someone like Patrick Mahomes as he tries to promote uh, racial equality in this country. So there's another example of, of where things are headed and, you know, there's countless others we could go into, but I thought that'd be a good place to start off. But what what about like small brands or smaller brands that don't have the budget of, say, Nike or Adidas, right? How, how can they start thinking about purpose-driven marketing and getting aligned with different causes that they that they wanna like they they wanna authentically and genuinely support? How can they you know what would be the first three, four, five steps that you would suggest in your mind, John, for smaller brands that don't have the budget, how they should go about thinking about uh, getting involved with purposes and, and, and causes and, and supporting causes that that would align with, with their messaging and their brands? Yeah, you know, Ronan, I think the first thing I would tell a smaller brand and executives at smaller brands is forget the mindset of trying to change the world. My what I would replace that with with a mindset of let's serve our community. And here, here's why that's to me a great mindset is if you're a smaller company, you're you're likely only serving a few markets, maybe even just the city where you or the, the town where you are operating, right? And so you don't need to try and go take on the problems of the world, right? If, if you want to get involved in causes that are meaningful to your employees and customers, the number one thing you can start doing is start th figuring out like, what are the problems that are, are really facing my community? Like where, where we live and work, you know, where we operate, where we have suppliers, you know, think about all the stakeholders in your business and just ask them or, or try and do some research or any number of different things. And that's good enough, right? I think we have high expectations for multinational, multi-billion dollar companies for good reason, right? The, with great power comes great responsibility, right? However, that doesn't mean that smaller brands can't get involved in cause marketing, purpose-driven marketing, and, and 
figuring out what their higher purpose is above and beyond selling their products or services. So as a brand, you know, think about just, just one mindset I think can help you in the right direction of what, what is our purpose? What cause or causes can we get tied into, you know, how might we serve our community best? How might we serve all the different stakeholders in our business the best? What problems are they facing? So these questions, I think, can spark up a conversation within your business. And it might be as simple as just, you know, going out into the community, talking with people, talking with community leaders, talking with government officials. And you'd be surprised at how many different things you can authentically contribute towards to change your community. And to me, that's good enough. We, 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 sh- we, don't, we don't need small businesses trying to take on the weight of the world. Maybe just try and serve your neighborhood or literally the block where your business operates. And then we can think about you know, taking on you know, the, the biggest issues of our world society. Yeah, and, and one keyword that you mentioned there, uh, John, that I loved it, of course, because I talked about it as well, and that is authenticity. Being authentic and being really aligned um, to what you're supporting. So no matter how small the cause is, make sure, like I would, I would suggest you make sure you know that you are really aligned to that. You're doing it because it is authentic. You're doing it, you're doing it because it, it is aligned to who you are, your background, what you believe in, who you want to be, who you work with. I feel like also that is really important. As you mentioned, you mentioned very, very interesting key points, John. Like, for instance, going to your suppliers and, and figuring out what are they involved in? Who are they? Maybe, you know, they're this small rural, rural community out from, you know, from... I don't know you based that, but uh, it could be even from Mexico or, you know, that, you know, may may uh, use some help or may use some 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 support. Um, So starting with them is is really a great, great idea It's like you you don't really need to think about, oh, wow, like uh, people in Africa or starvation or, you know, people having, you know, you don't need to go so far. That's that's my point. My point is that you, you, you just need to see who you work with, who are your stakeholders, and then ask. It's just a, a matter of asking, right? Getting in touch, asking, hey, what, what are some of your problems? What, how can we help? How can we provide uh, resources? Uh, or maybe if I don't have the resources, maybe I can connect you with someone has, who has resources. Is that a good starting point, John? Do you, do you think that we're going along the same lines of what we're thinking? Yes, absolutely. And again, you know, there's a lot of literature, a lot of ink has been spilled about the concept of stakeholder capitalism, right? Where in the past we've been worshiping shareholders and, you know, the, there was literally for 50 years in, you know, in this country and in the broader world, there was this idea that the only responsibility of business is to return value to shareholders, And I, I don't think after 50 years and like all of the different problems that we still have around society that anybody would say that that is the only responsibility of business. What I like to say is that that is a responsibility of business is to return value to shareholders. There are multiple other responsibilities of business. And one of those to me is, you know, treating all of your stakeholders with respect and, and lifting them up as much as you can to increase the quality of life for everybody. So that means your employees, 
That means, you know, your, your suppliers. That it means that does mean your shareholders, but that also means the communities where your business operates. Who's struggling in your community? What problems are they struggling with? How can you help? In many ways, you could ask yourself, how could your product or service help with the, one of the specific problems in your community? That to me is the, the best way to make it authentic. Like you said, Ronan, is does your product or service have the ability to you know, alleviate suffering in your community? And if so, how do you make that happen? You know, because that to me is really embracing this idea that your responsibility as a business is not simply to return value to shareholders. It is also to return value to your stakeholders, to your community. And that to me is a much more fulfilling way to go about doing business. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, a hundred percent, John. Um, one of the things that I, I I've been thinking about um, now that you that hearing you speak again, uh, which has been great, uh, John, is how exactly can can different trends that are going on around the world help uh, push um, purpose driven marketing? And one of the trends that I came up with with real quickly is, for instance, how now uh, name image likeness the new um, the new uh, le legislation in the new in the U.S. where uh, college athletes can you know uh, monetize their name and their image and their brands. Uh, I feel like that specific trend, which is just very specific, could potentially you know put college athletes in the mindset of okay, now I can monetize my name. Now I can now I can now I can purposefully. Uh, go out there and find different brands or companies that would be aligned to my uh, to my personality or what I what I want to support or what I'm aligned to, as you mentioned. Um, I wonder if there's on other different trends that I don't have in mind or or listeners don't have in mind, such as uh, NIL that you want to share with us on why they will help push. Uh, and support different uh, sponsorship opportunities, not, not only for athletes, I mean athletes because it's mostly what you what you, uh, you mentioned you're working with, but also for smaller brands as well as we were talking about. What are some of the different trends that you have in mind uh, or you visualize or that you're excited about because they are going to push out the, 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 the thing that you've been working uh, passionately for the last two years? Yeah, Ronan, let's think about like three really interesting trends that are that are developing in parallel right now. So you mentioned name, image, and likeness. I, I think of that as just like uh, a brand new market, right? That's a brand new market that companies have, you know, up until the summer of 2021 have not been able to tap into. Um, and in many ways, college athletes are by definition smaller brands than professional athletes, right? You know, there have been, it, it's been basically the wild, wild west, but name image and likeness is one trend. But alongside that, we have a, the trend around athlete activism, right? Which has been growing in the five, six years since Colin Kaepernick made his really bold stand uh, against racial injustice and inequity and police brutality in the U.S., We've seen many, many more athletes kind of follow his lead. And I think the third trend to look at in concert with that is the rise in athlete empowerment by means of social media, right? And in many ways, 
that 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 third one of athlete empowerment and athletes you know, like recognizing their their voice and their power in society you know with the tools that they have at their disposal through disposal through social media that almost feeds into the the growth of the other two as well so here's what i mean by that because everybody uh you know everybody with a, a phone now has access to social media tools can build their own audience can create their own personal brand can control the own their own stories and narrative that they're sharing with the world and with their fan bases now that has led to an, an increase also in athlete activism right because now uh, if i'm a professional athlete or a collegiate athlete i can go and talk directly to my fans and i don't have to go through the media i don't have to go through a third party you know i can speak my mind if there's something that's that i want i feel authentically drawn to a cause that i feel that i can contribute to the conversation and to solving problems for for others like i can do that and by the way that no longer means i'll have to risk you know you know potential upside from a sponsorship perspective in fact we're seeing more brands are wanting to to pay more and get involved more with outspoken athletes so in the past when you know michael jordan was coming up he he might have been risking dollars uh to make a, pu a public stand on a, a certain divisive political cause now athletes are actually likely to get paid more <laughs> for being more outspoken and more progressive and kind of pushing things forward now not everybody will agree with you and you're most likely to have like the divisiveness in your comments <laughs> you know on twitter however if you see if you look at an athlete like megan rapino who has been a really, really great player for many years for the U.S. Women's National Team, you know, in the Professional Women's Soccer League here in the U.S. She's been a great player for many years. But when did she? When did her, you know, profile really take off? Well, number one, the most recent World Cup when when the the women's team won another uh, World Cup and the and the Olympics as well when they won another gold. But also when she started speaking out against. Uh, pay inequity between the men's and women's team. And she kind of led the charge there. What has happened in, in you know, the months and years since then? Her sponsorship revenue has gone up significantly, right? And it, this is just a moment in society where, you know, mindsets are changing around what are the role of athletes in the kind of conversation around certain issues, right? It's no longer shut up and dribble. It's actually, no, we want to hear from you. Like you're a leader. We, we actually want you to make a stand. And in many ways, you're seeing that brands themselves are probably not best positioned to make these big stands. But if you can put a human face against one of these causes, that that is more effective, right? If you almost as a brand, your role is more to be the cheerleader for a Megan Rapinoe, you know, and support her, that is more effective than you as the brand saying, We're, we fight for, you know, women's uh, equal pay, right? I just don't think brands are the right, the right people, quote unquote, if corporations are people, which, you know, that's a whole nother rabbit hole to go down. But I don't, I think brands role is more in the role of like the supporter, the cheerleader for the athletes who are the true leaders around around issues that are plaguing society so that's where 
things are getting interesting, right? Is like, it's much better to hear from an individual athlete, right? On causes because they're a human being, you know, with feelings and with their own experiences. And in many athletes in our country have experienced racism, right? Or have experienced sexism or have experienced the gender pay gap. So they can authentically speak to these causes. And there's a reason why we should listen to them. Whereas brands, you know, should we really listen to what they have to say around the Black Lives Matter movement, around gender pay, around, you know, environmentalism? Like, I don't know. It's a brand, you know. <laughs> brands, to, to me, are, are starting to realize that athletes, artists, creators are a great kind of messenger for the values and the values and the causes that they want to stand for. So, right. They give them the platform. Like correct. we, we're going to push the, 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 the message, but the, the messenger is really more the athlete. Um, John, and lastly, I want to talk about different causes. And one of the, one of the main causes that pops to mind is mental health. We've seen it uh, recently with Naomi Osaka, uh, Simone Biles, specifically this last last year. I don't know if you guys watched, but I do recommend the, the Netflix documentary called Breaking Point from uh, tennis player Marty Fish, uh, which he also, he really relates uh, his, his story on how he suffered from mental health. Uh, I, 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 it's one of the causes that, that comes to mind quickly because we're starting to see it more and more how athletes come up and, and express how challenging it's been. We've seen uh, uh, athletes like Michael Phelps support different types of, uh, I think it's, I'm not sure if it's Calm or one of the apps that uh, help out with meditation. How, how big it has been, how big it has changed, John? What is, what is, what is your thoughts? What are your thoughts around, around that cause specifically? And is there, is there one or two um, causes that you are eyeing Uh, as one of the like biggest risers uh, on on really next to mental health, one other that comes to mind that you also want to share. Yeah, well, this is a really important you know topic for me and for TWG as well and our clients. And you know, in addition to that documentary you mentioned, Ronan, I'd encourage people to check out Weight of Gold, which is really relevant because we're about to have another Olympics, and it's all about you know Olympic athletes and their struggles with mental health. I'll just say this. I think this could be the most powerful cause that athletes can, can be a part of, you know, over the, the coming years because mental health affects everybody, right? Like literally everybody has mental health. Um, and for the longest time it's been stigmatized. Oh, we don't talk about that. You know, we don't talk about depression, anxiety. We don't talk about bipolar disorder, Um, I've actually personally had issues with mental health and like, you know, actually having uh, to go to the hospital and having to deal with like severe mental health issues. So to me, it's, this has been one of the most rewarding and powerful things to watch in the, in the sports entertainment industry is how many brave individuals have been speaking up and contributing towards breaking the stigma around mental health. Interestingly enough, like, it seems that athletes, artists, creators are the most relevant folks to talk about mental health because of the additional pressures that come with being a public figure and the additional pressures that come with having to perform at a high level and to sacrifice so much 
to get to the top of the mountain in whatever your field is, whatever your, your sport or your, your trade is. So mental health to me and mental health and well being. number one, it's important, like, because everybody has it, it, it affects everyone. Number two, it's important because, um, athletes and artists can speak authentically to, you know, their own challenges. And I just think it's, it's been really powerful. I think that brands that like really want to make mental health and well-being one of the pillars or one of the, the causes or values that they kind of support, like go work with athletes, go work with, you know, artists, musicians, and let's, let's break the stigma together. Right. You mentioned Naomi and um, Naomi Osaka and Simone Biles, like the, that was national, if not global news when those two young women basically stepped aside and said, I'm not well, I'm not well enough to, to compete. I'm not well enough to, you know, I'm going to let my team down or I'm just going to, you know, have a major health, health issues if I go forward. And that was powerful. You know, that, that got people talking. It may have made some people uncomfortable, but honestly, it's a good thing, right? It's a good thing that it made people uncomfortable because for too long, we haven't, we haven't talked about mental health as a part of our overall health. So, you know, kudos to them and, you know, continue to watch how society changes due to the courage and the bravery of folks like Naomi and Simone who stepped up and who shared their experiences and who just, you know, their actions backed up their words too, in this case, in terms of what's coming, you know, the other trends and what other causes that athletes and artists will be a part of, you know, to me, it's, it's going to come back to environmentalism and climate action. And we're already starting to see that because again, it's a big enough issue that it affects everybody. Right. You know, Nike, interestingly enough, on the brand side, they, they've had some messaging around, you know, if there's, if there's no planet, then there's no sport. Right. And you're, you're starting to see more athletes. Um, if you check out an organization called players for the planet, which was founded by a former MLB player named Chris Dickerson, he's actually gathering a collective of athletes from across many different sports to basically contribute towards climate action. And they've, they've gotten brands involved with that. Um, a brand that I think is very specifically taking on uh, the climate space is Hilo Athletics from the UK, which everybody should check out. And they're really promoting, you know, a group of athletes from the UK and abroad who are what they call athletes for planet. So this is going to be a topic of conversation for many, many years. And I do think that you know, right next to mental health, environmentalism, climate action is going to be that that cause that we're going to be hearing from athletes a lot on. Um, other than other than that, you know, we could go down any number of different cause areas, but to me, those those are two that are going to be very prevalent uh, for many many years to come. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, hit the subscribe button and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy learning about the business and technology behind sports, make sure you subscribe to the Sports Tech Biz newsletter. I'll leave the link in the show notes. See you all next week. Bye-bye.